0: episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast is brought to you by my friends at SeedsHereNow.com. SeedsHereNow.com offers seeds from all of the industry's leading breeders, including Swamp Boys Genetics, TH Seeds, and of course, Irie Genetics. Everything at SeedsHereNow.com is backed by an award-winning satisfaction guarantee. And for my friends on a tight budget, SeedsHereNow.com offers several packs for under $30, as well as incredible monthly sales. Make sure to use coupon code GFYH10 while checking out to save a few bucks. Once again, that is coupon code GFYH10 while checking out at SeedsHereNow.com. All right, here we go. Welcome back, podcast world. I'm your host. My friends call me Rasta Jeff, and this is episode 678 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. In this episode, I'm going to focus on a couple of Patreon questions. Before we get to that part of the show, let's do a few shout-outs to a few of the great folks who do support the show on Patreon. Let's kick it off with a shout-out to a brand new supporter, my new friend, Rutro. Let's also send a thank you shout-out to another new supporter, B Bala. Then let's send a big thank you shout out to the Dad Hayes and Verbal Medicine. I want to send a fist bump and a thank you shout out to Johnny Appleweed and Alabama Man. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Canna Organic Illinois Chief Chiefly 420. I want to send a fist bump and a thank you shout out to a fellow podcaster, my buddy Caribou Heart TV. Let's send a big thank you shout out to a very longtime supporter, my friend Glenn Gironi. Let's send a fist bump and a thank you shout out to another good friend, Fruggle Rock. Let's send a thank you shout out to a great tester and a good photographer, my buddy All Mixed Up. And then let's wrap it all up with the big Grow From Your Heart podcast. Thank you, shout out to my buddy, Guido7. Big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need is right there on the screen, and you do know I include a link in the show notes and in the video description to make it nice and easy for all of my friends. This is the part of the podcast where I cordially invite you to join us on the Discord server. That's right, there's an Genetics Grow From Your Heart podcast Discord server with approximately 1,500 members. There are about 1,500 people hanging out on the Discord server. We do actions, we do waffles, we do giveaways, we do prizes, we do hangouts, we do live chats. There's a sports section, there's a yoga section, There's a section for just about anything you're interested in, and I would hate for you to miss the party. So once again, I do invite you to join the party on the Discord server. There is a link in the show notes and in the video description. I do look forward to seeing you on the Discord server. Speaking of show notes and video descriptions and links, I did add a Canadian vendor to the website. That's right. On the website, irigenetics.com, I added an official Canadian vendor. If you go to the website, irigenetics.com, you can either click on the vendor tab or scroll down to the vendors, and it will show you a Canadian flag. That is an official Canadian vendor of irigenetics. That is official. That is legit. I do endorse and support that uh, vendor. They are real, so make sure you shop with them. If you are in Canada, that will help you out Big up to all my Canadian friends. Big up to my friend in Canada for helping me out. So make sure you check out the website. Once again, irigenetics.com for the Iry Genetics Canadian vendor. There's also a new vendor being added. It should be up there by the end of this week, hopefully, by the time this episode comes out make sure you check out the list of vendors. All of the vendors do have different inventory. Some of them sold out of some things earlier than others. Some still have some stuff in stock. Some just got fresh drops. Check it out. The best way to stay updated is to go to the website and join the newsletter at iRegenetics.com. There's a spot to type in your email address. Join the newsletter. I do my best to send out a newsletter approximately the first of every month. Sometimes it's a little bit after that. I've got to get caught up, get some updates, get some things going. I try to get it out around the first, the first Monday of every month, let you know where there are new seed drops, new coupon codes, uh, new merchandise, new deals, maybe new events happening. Try to keep you updated, so do join the newsletter on Irie Genetics. All right, I'm getting quite rambly. Let's try to keep me focused today. Outdoor season is wrapping up. I've seen a lot of podcasts already discussing it, but keep an eye out for bud rot. A lot of people are experiencing bud rot here in Colorado. Uh, If you've got an outdoor crop and you have not already taken it down, it may be time to go into hurry up mode. Uh, Hurry up and get that shit done. I know we can't make the plants ripen any more quickly. Maybe you can feed it a few products, but we can't get it to go much more quickly, but pay attention for that bud rot. You would rather cut down a little bit early than not get to smoke it at all because it's got bud rot. If you do experience bud rot, don't try to just cut around it. Uh, Don't just cut it out. Just throw that shit away. Don't smoke it. Don't extract it. Don't wash it. Don't blast it. Have some pride. Have some class. Just toss it. Learn from your mistakes and do better next year. That shit's gross. Let's not get anybody sick. This is supposed to be medical marijuana, not get you sick marijuana. That's not the way to do it. Another another thing, I'm not even going to edit that big stutter there. Another thing that I should talk about, some of your plants may be done at the top and not at the bottom. A lot of your big buds may be getting ripened and finished up. So if you're afraid of those getting uh, any sort of bud rot or mold here at the end, because at the end is when the plants are very susceptible to most issues. If you want to prevent a lot of that, you can take the tops of the plants, the bigger, uh, more ripened parts of the plant. You can take those and leave the lower parts of the plants to ripen further. Uh, There are a few advantages of that. Uh, One of the main advantages is that you get your product indoors earlier. You don't get the option for bud rot. You don't get the option for thieves. Uh, You don't get the option to maybe have somebody else find your crop if it's in an illegal area or on somebody else's property. Don't do that. Be a good grower. But I know there are some people out there doing their thing old school style. But you can take those top buds off, get them in, get them cleaned up, start drying those, start getting them ready for the trim. Then you can trim those, move them out of the way, and cut down the rest of the plant, move that in. That way, you're not overwhelmed with one gigantic harvest. And you can let those bottom buds finish if that's how it works out on your plant. Most of the time, they do finish from the top down. You get those bigger buds at the top, that'll let the bottoms ripen up. Also, you're getting all that big bud out of the way at the top. You can get more sunlight down there, get more airflow to the bottom. Once again, prevent your mold, your mildew issues. All right, so what did you learn this year in your outdoor garden? Did you take notes? What are you going to do differently to have a better outcome this year? Maybe you crushed it this year, but what are we going to do better next year? There's something you can do better no matter how good you did, no matter how fat your harvest was, no matter how terpy that shit was, no matter how successful you feel like you are, the best way to be a good grower is to figure out how you're going to improve upon that next year. Maybe your dry and cure method needs work. Maybe your trimming needs work. Maybe your timing needs work. I know what I'm going to do better next year. Uh, I will plan ahead better next year. I did not realize I would have outdoor space until uh, kind of the the last day to put plants outside. I was like, they're going into flower today, technically, if we think about other people's plants and look at theirs. We need to get them out. So I need to uh, plan ahead. I'll make uh, larger plants to go outside. But of course, I couldn't do that because I didn't have the time. I will make better selections. Uh, I did good at selecting plants for outdoors, but I learned that a couple of things take way too long to even go into flower. So I've got one plant in a greenhouse. Most of them have been harvested. By the time you hear this, they've been chopped down. There's one plant out there that is not finishing. It is still going. It did not make pistols. Uh, It didn't get very many seeds because it was very late to go into the flowering stage. Uh, It was very late to go into the state where it can take pollen. So uh, that plant is still flowering. Everybody else is cut down. That bad bitch is still out there. I won't run that one outdoors ever again. I learned my lesson there. I noticed that a couple of them uh, went into flower really early. They finished really early and they banged out a ton of seeds. Some of them didn't give me as many seeds. I learned a lot of lessons uh, on plant selection for outdoors. That's very, very important. Uh, We saw some issues and some things and I saw which plants uh, experienced issues and which plants didn't. So I learned a lot of stuff. Uh, I will prep and prepare for issues better. I didn't know what to expect in a new environment. Now I know what to expect. I'll be able to prepare for it. I'll be able to treat uh, for things that are coming because I know what is coming. I know uh, now. I know when to harvest. Also, I did have, I did not have any idea when my seeds would be ready when we put the plants outside. I thought we would be going until Halloween. Uh, we did not even go until the middle of September. We were cutting down uh, the middle of September. We started chopping. Uh, it's October first now. We're almost done. So. Uh, Yeah, they got done much earlier than I had anticipated. So I learned a lot within that aspect. Plant selection and timing is mainly what I learned outdoors. Uh, I had people growing, doing a lot of the work. There were other people doing a lot of the work. They learned a lot. Something that I should say is that I could probably train the crew a little bit better next year. You guys did a good job. If you're watching, listening, you did exactly what I said to do. There were things I probably could have explained better. Uh, could have said when, how, where, and why with a little bit more detail so that next year you're kind of able to do it. But I could have trained the folks that were working. Uh, they weren't even working for me. They did the work and I. It, it was a good relationship. Shout out to the team. They did a really good job. I feel like I guided them well, but I could have done better. It's been a minute since I've been in a big commercial environment. I'm used to running big grows with a lot of people and COVID kind of slowed me down. And then I was working with friends and I didn't want to fucking go in there and like act like I was in a commercial grow telling my friends what to do. So there's a dynamic for me to learn there, but I did a good job. We're all still friends and the harvest is down. That's really important. If you're growing with friends, a lot of times the grow with friends will ruin fucking relationships. And I told my buddy going in, I was like, dude, I don't care about the plants and the money as much as when the end of this comes out, we still have to be fucking friends no matter how this goes. Like, I'm going to give you money. You're going to give me space. I want to be your friend in the end of this. This can't fuck up our relationship here. So uh, that went well. Uh, But I could probably work on training my crew a little bit better, better next year. It was, they did a good job, but some of the things, uh, we could have done better if I thought about things a little bit better. Again, I was learning. I, this was my first inaugural outdoor grow. So I learned a lot. I hope you learned a lot. Um, I am kind of in the process of processing the outdoor harvest. Now it's all seeded. A lot of people are excited for those seeds. Give me a minute. You guys, uh, it's taking, it's a while. It's just me. And there's a lot of plants, a lot of seeds. This shit's got to dry up. Um, uh, we got to get the seeds out of it. Got to get the seeds sorted, counted, packaged. I may have to order more packaging because I look like I might be getting low. They're going more quickly than I expected, so thank you guys for buying seeds. But give me a minute, we'll get it going. You guys, my my point is, I hope you the first point. I hope you learned a lot outdoors, and I hope you took notes, and I hope you made notes on what you can improve next year. I shared with you what I learned and what I will try to improve next year. Uh, and then the next point is that those seeds will be ready very soon. I was trying to save. Honestly, I was intending to save some of them and use most of them for the Indo Expo, but right now, I honestly have no idea if the Indo Expo is happening, if it still exists. Um, Full disclosure, since they won't even respond to me, I'll tell you the truth, everything I know about the Indo Expo, uh, the owner of the Indo Expo passed away. They said that they were going to have a meeting and figure out what would happen with the future of Indo every email I've sent to every email address that exists that I know of for Indo Expo, Either the employees have replied and said, we don't work there anymore. They fired us. Anything that ends in indo at endoexpo.com comes back undeliver- undeliverable. That email address does not exist. So right now, uh, it does not look good for Expo. That is not an official statement from anybody but Rasta Jeff of IRE Genetics. It does not look good. I don't have any faith in that event happening. So um the seeds that I was making that were intended to go out there, they may come out a little bit early. They may come out sooner than anticipated. You guys may get to play with them before we expected. So that may work out to your benefit. Let's figure out what happens with Indo X, but we may just let them out early just because we'll call it the pre-release or something. Alright, I'm rambling. I'm good and stoned. Um yeah, let's keep myself back on track. I was trying to figure out where else to go. Right here on this sheet of notes is where else to go. I do have some great topics. Here in front of me. Previously, I did say that there are two types of podcast listeners. There are the kind of people that find the podcast, and if they jumped in at episode, what are we, six seventy-eight? This is going to be the one where they start, and they will only hear the episodes that come after this. They'll never hear the back catalog. Then I also said that there are people that discover the show, and if they like a couple of episodes, they go back to number one and listen all the way up to the current episode. I want to send a big shout out to my buddy David John in Johannesburg, South Africa. David has listened to every single episode at least once, maybe two or three times. Uh, Big fan. He supports the show. So I wanted to send a special thank you since David did make sure to reach out and let me know that David listens to every episode. Thank you. I do appreciate that. Uh, It's cool to know that people in South Africa are listening to the podcast. I do get some emails from services like Backtracks and a couple other uh, analytic services, and the podcast does get a little bit of notice, but it's really cool to find out that Uh, We've got a strong audience that wants to reach out and communicate in South Africa. So big up to my South Africa friends. Big up to everybody listening all over the world. Big respect. I appreciate it. Worldwide cannabis legalization. That's the goal here. Uh, Teach everybody on the entire planet how to grow the best ganja they can everywhere. That way, everywhere I go, if I go travel the whole world, there's good ganja waiting for me everywhere. I just got to say rasta jeff is coming to this city what you got And then somebody will uh, probably some cops will come arrest me in some places but in most countries in most places somebody will find me and have some good ganja there's that ramble shit i was talking about let me get back on track here i do have a good patreon message this one came from my friend how do they want to be addressed they want to be known as colin uh ceo and cultivation director of sacred tree organic farms the message goes a lot like this first off big up to my buddy colin we've had a few uh We've been corresponding, I think is the way to say it. Uh, Good dude, great message, good vibe, and I'm happy to help you out. So this goes like this. Rasta Jeff, what's up, brother? Check us out on IG at Sacred Tree Organic Farms. Yes, do check them out. It says, we are a Colorado-based, we are Colorado-based, but headed to Virginia to open our first dispensaries as licensing opens. Big up to Virginia. Something I've noticed, I do an Instagram live show every Monday. Uh, Monday at 7.10 p.m. Mountain Time. That's the Mountain Time Zone at 7.10 my time. I throw up my iPad on the computer desk. I take a couple of dabs and hang out with the crew. Uh, We bullshit. We talk about growing. I invite you to join us on Instagram. You might not get a notification. So you've got to follow me. And then at 7.10 my time, Uh, open up Instagram, look at the top and see if there's a red dot that shows I'm live. If not, go to my profile, look for me. Sometimes it's like 7:15 because Instagram doesn't let me log in and do the live show right away. It makes me fucking jump through hoops sometimes. What I'm doing here is that I'm inviting I am inviting you to the Instagram live. but what I was gonna say is there's a lot of people from Virginia in the live lately. I'm not complaining, but where'd you guys all come from? Big up it's so cool to see you. Uh, big up to all my new Virginia friends there are so many people popping into the Instagram live. It's confusing. I don't know where you came from, but I'm glad that you are there uh, and big up to the new legalization let's get myself back on track. Big up to the Virginia crew. Uh, my friend is moving to Virginia, wants to open as the first dispensaries and licensing opens. That is such a way uh, to get into the market. Just get there right as it starts. Be in there as everything is developing around you. Be in the ground floor. You will know everybody in the industry. You'll know who to, who deal, who to deal with and who not to deal with. You can be involved in making regulations, making rules, setting standards. It's great to get in at the ground level. It goes on to say, uh, we are back as a patron, and we want to shout you out for all the help and professional support you give to the community. Bro, thank you. I do appreciate that. Uh, thank you not only for the Patreon contribution. That means a lot to me. I do like the funding and the support that way, but the compliments and noticing that uh, professional support for the community, that that's fucking tremendous. That means as much as the Patreon funding. However, do not stop the Patreon funding Uh, I love both of those. It goes on. It says, I have a question for you, and hopefully it will give you enough to talk about for the show. Dude, with the mood I'm in and whatever I smoked, I think just about anything would get me talking for the show, so I appreciate this. It says, what past issues of Colorado's legal cannabis program expanding would you like to see other states avoid? So it looks like our friend is moving to Virginia to get going. And he'd like to find some advice on some pitfalls that he can avoid in the newly emerging, newly developing legal market in Virginia. That's a very good question. Since we set a good framework here, we've been doing it for years. Uh, We've got just a regular industry. Now it just seems like something that happens. It's not even a fancy industry or a fancy place to go anymore. Uh, We do have a good framework. So we have seen uh, the good and bad and the things to avoid. So, um, Other states, what other states should avoid. The first thing I wrote down, and it's very simple, um, in Colorado, I believe that we use too much packaging. I agree with having a safe product that uh, is tamper-free and kind of child-resistant, but child-proofing comes from parenting, and that happens at home. That's my opinion. Um, We waste too much plastic and too much shit in the cannabis industry, in my opinion, if you in a lot of instant instances, if you buy an edible, if one is to buy an edible, it will come in a multi-layered cardboard package. One that you have to push two pieces down on one end and pull a tab on the other to pull one cardboard sleeve out of another cardboard sleeve to slide out another cardboard sleeve, which will contain a plastic uh, like a shell casing, which then will probably have a plastic film over it, which underneath that will then have your small tiny chocolate product inside. Uh, it's a product. The packaging is bigger than an iPhone for a product that is smaller than a Kit Kat. And in my opinion, that's a lot of fucking plastic, a lot of paper, a lot of packaging to go into a landfill to, uh, give the idea of childproofing, uh, child resistant. I I said it a moment ago, childproofing is something that happens at home. The whiskey bottles, all it takes to open a whiskey bottle is a good turn, we don't have to do a bunch of crazy shit for that. The kids could definitely cause more harm with the whiskey bottle. That's a different argument, but I think we waste too much fucking packaging. That's one of the things I really think uh, is a problem. Not a huge problem, but it's something, if you're developing the rules, you could skip that. Just don't don't make us put a gram of concentrates in a container, in a box, in a bag, in a box, with a seal, with a fucking other lock lockbox on top of it, with a combination code. Don't make us do so many steps. It gets ridiculous and it's very wasteful. I throw away a lot of shit. Um, Then limits on purchases. I do believe that there are reasonable limits, but I think that some of the limits that Colorado and other places have been trying to enforce on us are a little bit ridiculous. We are adults. Uh, I said it a moment ago. I compared it to alcohol. We can buy all the whiskey we want, pour it down our head, and if we die, that's our own fault why can't I buy enough cannabis to smoke myself into a stupor? I can't kill myself with cannabis. I can smoke until I'm hungry and need a nap. And then I'm going to wake up and be like, damn, I smoked all my weed. That's about the the biggest problem I've ever really caused smoking too much weed. I eat everything in the refrigerator, everything in the cupboards, and I don't feel good because of that. But I've never had a mean like hangover and been violent from ganja. So um, the limits are kind of silly a little bit. I understand some limits like you shouldn't. Sure. Why not? Why shouldn't you be able to buy a pound? you want to go to the dispensary and buy a pound maybe get one i understand that's for redistribution purposes but if cannabis was legal everywhere and there was a dispensary everywhere nobody would be redistributing okay, all right so some of the limits i do think are a little bit silly although i understand the reason but other rules make those reasons it's all a chain uh, so something i would really would like to have seen and i think i'm doing this different uh you said issues that we could have avoided. I'm kind of talking about things like just small details, but something that we skipped ourselves on is a safe place to consume our product. I can buy cannabis. Um, I'm just kind of viewing my city as I cruise around. If I come from the interstate, I pass one, two. Uh, If I keep going that way, there's one, two. There's uh, apothecary farms. There's two out that. I could probably drive to 10 or 12 dispensaries within um, seven or eight minutes probably. But there's nowhere around here to smoke any of the product that I buy there are two really cool parks uh, there's a state park there's a skate park but it's illegal to smoke at those places you cannot consume cannabis at the city park at the state park at the skate park uh, you can't smoke there it would be really cool if we could I'd really enjoy it. not to say we don't but you're not supposed to and if you get caught there uh, it is it's a, it's like an actual crime. You actually can get in trouble for it within the city. Most of the time they'll say, Hey, you can't fucking smoke here, dude. But like at the city park, the skate park, shit like that, they will definitely be a little bit more of a dickhead. So there's no safe place to consume products. Uh, I've got to come home or I've got to go somewhere else uh, and kind of hide and smoke in the car, which if you're a tourist, what, what that's not cool because what if you're new and you can't smoke like i can and you go buy some dabs and you go park somewhere and you hit a dab pen and now and you're you're sitting in your car just fucking roasted and you don't know what to do where to go the only safe place is that car right now if you're at the park you can fucking roll in the roll around on the grass you can go down the slide if you're at the park it's way more safe than just being stuck in the car uh there's no driving to be done if you're at the park you could uh you could drive the bench and you're safe you could feed the ducks and you'll be cool but I think a place to consume would be really cool. Um, I I'm at home. I can smoke freely here. But if there were a place where I could go socialize and consume cannabis with my friends freely and openly, I'd go there. We would do the podcast from there occasionally. We'd have groups of people there, like just do shows there, have genetics parties there. Uh, it'd, it'd be cool. It'd be just way. But we have all those kind of drinking establishments. Why can't we have cannabis consumption establishments? I know I keep comparing this to cannabis. But in Colorado, we did do the uh, regulate cannabis like alcohol model, and we're still not following that. We we treat it way different. As I said before, I can buy all the whiskey that I can fucking load into the car at the liquor store, but I can't buy all the cannabis. So there are some silly rules. The next thing I wrote down is delivery it's 2021. Everything gets delivered now. My food comes to my front door. My All my Amazon stuff comes. Everything I want just comes to the front door. I barely have to leave the house to go buy any products. I can get my groceries delivered. I can rely on all that stuff to show up except my cannabis. In California and a lot of other places, you can just call a service and they will deliver your product to you. I think that delivery would be a great option, especially for uh, a lot of people that don't have transportation. Maybe some people Can't get on the bus, can't get an Uber, can't get a cab to go buy their ganja. It would just help them out just to get that stuff delivered. Uh, A lot of times, I already basically know what I want from the dispensary that I frequent. Uh, I know which brand I want. I know what type of product I want. I basically just need to see what's on the list and see what's available in those parameters and pick the strain or the flavor or whatever you want to call it. I already know because I've been to that dispensary so many times. I know my favorite product. I could online shop the shit out of that. I'm allowed eight grams. I just click two of these, two of these, four of these, Uh, 20% tip, 30% whatever they give me the option for. There's probably checkmark boxes in the app that I built in my head. It looks just like Grubhub, but it's Dabhub or something, you know? Uh, Dubhub, they just bring you some dubs. You just fucking click it up, and they show up just like Grubhub. They knock on your door. They check your ID. Make sure the person that fucking paid for it is the one showing ID, and they go, high five, Rasta Jeff. Take a dab for me. And you go, here's fucking 20 bucks for a tip. Thank you for being fast. Be careful out there, bro. Or bring them in and give them a dab. But that sounds really creepy because after you give people a dab, they don't fucking leave. But I think delivery would be super cool. Now, another thing that we are really lacking here in Colorado, and you're going to think I'm crazy when I say this because I act like we're the most uh, progressive cannabis state, one of the most progressive cannabis states. We got the, the rules and all that stuff, but we lack heavily in education. Education is lacking in the consumer. Education is lacking heavily in the industry. Education is lacking heavy, heavily in legislature and council and people that make the rules and regulations. There's a huge lack of education. I feel like a lot of the people that are in the, the role of making the rules and deciding the future of legal and recreational cannabis are not involved in cannabis in any way. They don't understand the growing, but they're making the rules of grows. They don't understand the distribution Or consumption but they're making the rules for how it's distributed and who can buy it how it's sold what increments what kind of packaging and they don't know what they're doing and they're fucking up the uh, profitability the viability the longevity the enjoyability of the entire industry so you actually asked for something to avoid but I think this is something that you definitely uh, should try to see if you can include or something as some sort of education or include people that you know are good growers good speakers like It'd be ideal to find a guy like myself to go talk to city council with you or be involved with the rulemaking committee, whatever the committee is called, whoever has developed the uh, your state, enter your state's name here, the Southern Colorado Cannabis Law Invention and Establishment Committee. Be part of that committee, whatever state you're in. Get a grower like myself to be on the grow committee. Get a spokesperson like Mike to be on the rule committee. When it comes to building a team, we've got to do our best to get people that understand our goal, and our goal is to get real quality products to the people that desire them. If they're medical consumers, if they're recreational consumers, our goal is to get a high quality product to those people. So if you have somebody on our team helping make the rules, make the regulations, helping make the guidelines, it will really help us out, get quality products Uh, easily accessible to people that need them. So I think education is very important. Try to educate people and then try to put educated people in the correct positions. If not, you end up with shit like we got here. Uh, We had things like an ex-sheriff and an old PTA teacher and a retired city council person making rules on cannabis. And guess how many of those people smoke cannabis? None of them. Guess how many people thought cannabis was the fucking devil? All three of them. So why are those people making rules on something they don't understand. Get people that understand, that know what they're talking about in there. Mike did his best to help, but sometimes uh, Mike wasn't officially city council. Mike was just a citizen speaking. A lot of times they gave him the cold shoulder. They fucking ignored Mike. Big up to Mike for doing everything you did for Colorado Cannabis, bro. People don't realize what you did, especially for Pueblo. Uh, I know what you were doing. I see it. I know what you tried to do. I saw the struggle. That struggle was real. All right, so get somebody like Mike and I on your team. Um... Yeah, I'm, I'm the white guy with dreadlocks, so I kind of stayed back and just spoke. I told Mike, like, speaking points, and Mike would come to me and say, hey, like, what do you think about this and what would be better? And I'd say, bro, this would really fuck up growing for everybody. This would work. And then Mike would go to city council and explain my case. Uh, Mike's got the, the – I'm wearing a collared shirt today, but it's a little chilly in here. Mike's got the button-up shirt and the tie and the glasses, and he looks real good for speaking. I look good in the growing on the podcast. But send the right person for the right job. That's a big part of it. Get some educated people. So those are some of the things that I would definitely change. Let me recap. Uh, Too much packaging, uh, limits on uh, how much you can purchase. Something I overlooked in my notes, limits on potency. Um, I see a lot of proposals to ban high potency products in recreational and medical markets. That is nonsense. That is really silly. Try to battle that. Try to make sure that doesn't happen. Uh, We want highly potent products. Would you rather me... If you were a medical professional, would you rather me take six inhales of smoke through my lungs or would you rather me take two and get the relief that I'm looking for? I think higher potency product where I only have to smoke two drags of that product, I'm going to feel better. My lungs won't get as much stress than taking six pulls, six drags, six bong rips. Higher potency product is how you achieve that. So potency levels. Then smoke lounges, delivery, and education is something I would definitely, um, try to work toward. Now, I know you said things that you would avoid, uh, but those are the things that I would include. And I'm not sure exactly what to avoid at this point. Um, I think I included what I wanted to say for that part. I kind of read, I kind of just twisted your question and made it my own, but hey, that's how we do things. All right, there is more of this. It says, sacred tree organic farms would like to do everything possible to progress the industry for the Eastern United States. That's a really good mission statement. Don't ever forget that you said that. It says, what has been a successful approach to having these discussions with city council members, etc. cetera? Um, I think I started really well by saying, send the right team member. Send somebody that speaks well. There's a person in our community. I'm not going to, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to them. I'm not going to say their name. But at the end of every sentence they say, they say, use guys, you know, and it's hard to take them seriously. They may hear this, love you, bro, but it's hard to fucking take you seriously. Use guys, you know? like how I, so I'm not criticizing. I am, I am. He's a good dude, but he is not the fucking person to send to city council. Mike speaks well. Mike speaks with a professional manner. Find somebody with that approach. Somebody that understands your goal, our goal, and then can convey that in a very professional, well-spoken manner to city council. You don't want a hothead Uh, You don't want somebody who is irresponsible, who looks disheveled, who is frazzled, who is late. You want somebody put together who can represent you in the light you want to be represented in. Um, If you want to do it, if you can do it, go do it. Uh, Try to look good. Smell good. Don't smell like ganja. Don't be high. Don't go in there red-eyed. City council, bro, I really think we got to legalize weed, man. Go in professionally. That's something really important. So Pick somebody. Pick somebody that you think can be a very good representative. I keep saying Mike. Mike is the dude here. Um, then be open and honest about your goals and your, your ideas of what you want for the industry and for the future and for your business. Uh, the city council people, the people that you're going to talk to, although most of them are tainted by the devil, they are people. And they'll hear what you're saying as a person. They're going to put that smug face on. They're going to do the smug shit that city council people do. But when they get home and they're chilling and they're thinking, it might hit them. You know, that one guy spoke really well, and the thing he said about, the economy, making a lot of money and putting the money back into the schools and allocating a portion of our profit from the cannabis to educate the school, you know, that really does work out because that that school is losing money. And all the potholes on that one street, we could probably fill those with the weed money too. Like if you speak clearly, honestly, tell them your objective and let them know that we're people. We're not drug addicts. We're not fucking crazy people out there trying to poison the kids and brainwash the neighborhood. We would like to contribute to the community. We offer a service. We offer a profitable service. We offer tax money. They want our tax money. When you talk about money, they really like that. And when you let them know that the black market is selling and buying cannabis anyway and we can tax it, they start going, you know, they're they're right, they're right. And then you let them know that you can free up police hours By not having them fuck with weed growers and weed smokers and people with weed, the cops go, that'll give us a lot more time to handle real crime. They'll start seeing and realizing that stuff. So be open, be honest, have a real conversation. Then also be fucking persistent. They won't hear you the first time. They won't hear you the third time. They're like parents. You're going to have to just keep telling them and telling them and telling them. Cannabis is what our city needs. Cannabis is not a problem. Cannabis is the answer. With cannabis, we could have solved this, that deficit you're looking for, that way you're looking to make money. If we had opened dispensary six months ago, we'd be making enough money just from their licensing to cover the deficit we are experiencing this quarter. Find ways to spin it for them and show them that cannabis is the way to help your community. But um, be professional, uh, be open and honest and have conversations. Then out of nowhere, it happened here, Uh, one of the city council people will come up to you and secretly privately be like, Hey, I'm on your team, but I'm not sure how to fucking play the rest of my team. But just, just know that I've got your back and you'll make a connection within city council and they'll help you. They'll be your friend forever. And then you'll be able to get info and do things like that and then build relationships. Uh, it's not a race. It's a marathon at the beginning of this. Everybody thought it was a gold rush. They wanted to get in, get rich, get out, uh, stick around, start, uh, you're from Colorado. You know how to do this. Go in and realize you're going to be here forever. You've got good uh, education. You've got good ideas. You probably have a good business structure. Go in and be an example. Set a standard and show them that you know how to do that. I really think that showing that we've got business plans and paperwork and backing and that we're not just a bunch of potheads and drug addicts, it's really important that we show that because that's their first... Normally, when you go to a business meeting... The business people are like, How can we tell this motherfucker we don't want to give them our money? That's their main objective. How can we tell them no? What flaws can we find in their business plan? How can we tell them that they need to go rework their business plan because their numbers are wrong and all this shit sucks? That's what a business advisor and somebody, a financial advisor, that's one of their jobs. They're paid to be a dickhead and crush your dreams. When you go in there and you say marijuana first or cannabis first, they don't even get to the part about. Looking at your numbers, looking at your reports, looking at your, uh, your performance sheets. They don't care about any of that stuff. They say cannabis, get out of here, drug addict pothead. So you've got to beat that before you even get in the room. You got to look sharp. You got to be clean. You got to have white, bright eyes. You got to brush your teeth, comb your hair. If you can, I see, I can't do that. So I'm not going to be the guy to go. But get somebody that can look good and build a relationship. Just know that you're going in there forever to build a long term relationship. You're not trying to pull the wool over somebody's eyes. We're not trying to pull a trick on anybody. We want to let them know hey, we offer a service for your community. And in return, we will also, money will go back into the community. Tax money will go back into the community and will also help to prevent crime. And we will contribute to education. That sounds like a great fucking deal for any city, especially in these times. All right, there's more to this, and uh, I'm getting rambly, and the podcast is getting long. Shout out to all the people that ask for longer episodes. One Patreon question, approximately 40 minutes. Big up. Here we go. This more, this part says, uh, for a new brand coming into the market, what advice would you give to help us reach as many patients as possible other than social media and business cards? Well, um. That's a really good question. That's part of my consultation package. So, you're going to get a freebie. Freebie here. You guys take some notes. Social media is a big part of advertising, it is free. Utilize the shit out of free advertising. Of course, you've got to be careful because a lot of the big guys in the social media space don't like our products. But if you're smart about it and you learn how to dance around the algorithms and dance around the terms of service and not do anything too stupid, Social media advertising is one of the best free advertising models there is. It's great because it's free to you. It's free to the consumer, which means everybody's there. I'm looking for sneakers. I'm looking at drum sets. I might be looking at butts, to be quite honest with you. But if you sneak your dispensary ad in there, I'm going to see it and it's going to hypnotize me because my brain is looking at all the shit that I really want to see. And now you just snuck your dispensary ad in there and it's kind of programmed. It's in that that, ooh, good stuff, ooh, good stuff, ooh, look, drums, ooh, look, sneakers, ooh, look, drums, ooh, look, sneakers, ooh, look, sneakers dispensary, it's hitting right in those good notes. It, you just got right in the mix on accident. So uh, it's like a subliminal thing that I'm going to enjoy now and that I'm interested in. So that social media shit, uh, don't overlook that. That's free and it's a great way of advertising. But you ask for other stuff. So um, most cities have a local scene paper. Uh, it's probably named something cool like uh, in Colorado Springs, it's called, no, in Pueblo, it's called the Independent. It might be the same thing in Colorado Springs, the Colorado Springs Independent. In the Denver area, they've got the Westward. Um, in your area, it's probably called something cool also in HIP. It's a little, it's a thin uh, paper magazine, local scene magazine. Usually in the back of that, you can find ads for all of the dispensaries, all of the weed doctors, all the tattoo shops, uh, they advertise all the concerts that are coming up and the shows on the page right before that. Uh, I think that's a great place to advertise. A lot of people, uh, when Colorado was new and the legal market, we would just go get the Westward and the Independent and just turn right to the back. You just start backwards, basically, and look for the dispensary ads and the weed doctor's and the tattoo shops, and the concerts, because I didn't care about all the articles and shit in the front. I don't care what's going on in your city and in your art district and all that shit. Where's the dispensary? And I'm just kind of joking, but uh, that's the way we would do it. So that's a good place of advertising. All that local advertising is great. Um, Events, go to events. That is something that a lot of companies forget. Uh, Events like the Indo Expo or whatever cup is in your neighborhood or whatever place you can go where there are consumers and vendors and companies meeting, go there. Send a good representative with business cards, with stickers, with samples, with something they can give away. Just cheap swag that when they're emptying out their bag on the table, they'll read the pen and they'll go, oh, I read genetics. I remember them. They'll go Google it. Maybe they'll find you on Instagram. Uh, Events are a great place. Go network and meet the people. Go shake their hands. Go see them face to face. That's how they remember you. That's how they find you. Um, Word of mouth is really a great way of advertising. Have amazing customer service, have quality products, set the vibe and tone that you wish to set. And then the clientele that you want in there will arrive. If you want, uh, I don't know what kind of vibe you want to set. If you want to make a reggae dispensary, paint everything red, gold, and green, play Bob Marley all day, theme all your shit reggae, you will get the reggae crowd. You'll get all the white guy Rastas. You'll get all the Rastas you'll get all the reggae fans, you'll get all the cool reggae girls coming in, it'll be all the hip crowd coming in, but you'll kind of limit yourself. You will definitely get the reggae crowd, the Rasta crowd, the vibes crowd, but you might not get the soccer moms that would come in and just grab a couple of grams every week. You might not get the older guys that don't want to come in there and listen to reggae. You might get the older ladies that are afraid all the dreadlock white guys because they just don't understand what's going on. So it's up to you to create the vibe and bring in the clientele that you want. Maybe you got the classic rock dispensary that's got guitars on the wall and pictures of Corvettes and shit everywhere and all the guys with mullets and long hair and leather jackets and Levi jackets and shit come and shop at your dispensary. That's great. Or maybe you've got this super swanky place that looks like a fucking Apple store. Those are always weird to me. I don't like those places. It's a little bit too much for a weed store. But set up the vibe that you like, and the clientele will spread the word of mouth. Have amazing customer service. Go above and beyond. Don't nickel and dime your customers to death. Uh, I've seen dispensaries just charge a little extra for every fucking thing, and it just feels cheap. Don't charge me for the container you're going to put my product in. I have to have it. It just feels like you're just like, just fucking give me that. You already charged me $100 for the weed. That $2 fucking container isn't going to hurt you, but it makes you look like an asshole charging me two bucks for it. So just throw my weed in the good container and smile. And I'm going to say, they gave me this nice container for my weed. It makes the experience fucking way different than two bucks for a shitty container. Or wow, look at this nice container they gave me for my weed. And if they're selling it to me for two bucks, it costs them 50 cents. And that's changing the entire customer interaction, the whole vibe of the experience. So don't nickel and dime your people, build the crowd that you want, but you have the ability to cultivate the audience and the crowd and the customers that you want at your dispensary. So uh, use the kind of art that brings the crowd you want. Decorate the way you want. Uh, I wouldn't be a good person to decorate the dispensary, the waiting room, the dispensary area. The design of that, that wouldn't be for me. I'm kind of a streamlined dude. I like straight lines. I like a nice flow. I don't need a lot of distracting colors. If it were up to me, the walls would probably be gray. The floor would be fucking white. You just go in. You'd buy weed, and you'd go out. If you let somebody with some some flow and some experience and some ideas do it. It may be a more beautiful customer experience. They may go in and say, wow, this place is decorated so nice. I just want to go there to look at the art. And then they'll go in and they'll say, oh, the shopping experience is set up so nice that I just want to come here compared to other places. So have it set up well. Ah, uh, Then Cultivate the audience and the customer interaction that you want. They will share their experience there. Everybody will tell everybody the experience they had there. If the little old ladies enjoy it, they're going to tell the other little old ladies. And If they're comfortable there, you will get them. If the bros like it, they'll go there. If the, the snobs like it, they'll go there. If the hash heads like it, they will go there. Try to have quality products. That's one of the main things to focus on is quality products at a fair price. Don't do any shady, shifty shit then have people with experience and education working there. That's something that we lack here in Colorado. We'll hire people. Uh, As long as you're cute, you can work here. We don't care if you know anything about weed or if you can make change. If you're cute, we'll fucking hire you and then figure out the rest as we go. That kind of sucks sometimes. Have quality employees that'll really help us out. Another thing, and this is just kind of a random mention, um, Creative advertising. Right now, my friend Jamiri Morgan, big up to Jamiri, Mor- Jamiri Morgan from the Morgan family. Jamiri is an up and coming reggae artist. I think he's getting quite popular. He's doing a lot of shows. The brand Irie Genetics is currently sponsoring Jamiri Morgan on a few shows of this tour. So the Irie Genetics banner will be hanging on the side of the stage while the band plays. So that is a creative way of advertising. My logo is on the stage while the reggae band is playing. They're wearing my shirts. They've got my stickers and my advertising at their booth. What more could you ask for? Things like that will really help you out. That is creative advertising. Of course, that sort of stuff uh, takes, you've got to cultivate relationships and there is a fee for stuff like that. But creative advertising is a good way for people to see you. Then don't forget about the cliche and very common applications and websites that are very popular. They don't pay me to talk about them. They don't give me any love. They don't give me any fist bumps, but don't forget about things like Leafly and Weed Maps. A lot of people are big haters on those applications, uh, of those applications, but so many people view those apps on a daily basis that if you don't put your dispensary and your products there, you're probably missing something. Big advice. If you put your dispensary on any of those services, please update the damn menu. If your menu is updated on maybe like every four hour basis, it shouldn't be that hard. I I understand. I've worked at a dispensary before. You can have a person responsible for doing that an assistant manager. There's somebody that loves to sit there and play on the fucking computer all day. Make it their job. Update that inventory. If i can go on your weed maps and click and see that you have got the products i want in stock versus i wonder if they've got what i want i'm going to the place where i can look on weed maps and it says we have got this in stock i will go there first so update your weed maps that sounds silly that sounds like a very minor detail but as a consumer i've worked on both sides of the counter i've been i'm a been a consumer and i've been a bud tender i've been a dispensary manager i've been a grower i've been a i've been all over the weed industry Um, and part of my job was recon. When we were building dispensaries and getting started, one of the first places I worked on my day off, I would go to other dispensaries and just see what they're doing, how it's set up. What what do I love and what do I not love about this dispensary? What can I borrow from this idea to make my place better? So I've been to a lot of places. I've been on both sides of the counter. Uh, I think I've got a lot of experience, but cultivate the audience you want to bring, create the vibe you want to bring, and it sounds like you're a very smart person, Quality products and good customer service are the bottom line. That's what wins. Uh, If the people want to go there because you're cool and you're nice and the products are quality, they'll go there. If you've got one, you'll get some people. If you've got the other, you'll get some people. But if you've got quality products and great customer service, people will flock to your place. And word of mouth will make that happen very easily. And social media is that's almost word of mouth right now because people talk more on social media than we do in person. I talk to way more people on my phone than I do in the in public in person on a daily basis which as I'm saying that that sounds wrong and feels weird but that's the reality. I can post something and between all of the different accounts and services that I've got on Canvas, uh, I've got over 60,000 followers. I can post something and 60,000 people are going to see it and it's free. On Instagram, I've got 32,000 followers and I can post something and people will see it and it's free. So that's word of mouth. That's social media advertising. Please do not discredit that, even though you did say no social media. All right. I think I've been rambling on this message for a long time. This actually may be the only message of this podcast. Uh, the last part of the message says, thank you for all you do. And hopefully this can make it on the show to help spread our message and help other growers looking to start a cannabis business get solid information on what direction to go. Yes, my friend, I hope we did give you and other people out there looking to get into the industry, some solid information. This is a great start. Uh, If you were really serious about getting into the industry, my friend Colin here knows what he's doing. He doesn't need this advice, but uh, I am great at setting up and giving advice and doing consultations for the back of the house, the grow. I've got that all figured out. Uh, I can also help you set up the front of the house. I'll use Mike's help on that. Then when it comes to building your dispensary, I've got a friend who is a champ at building dispensaries. Uh, She's an amazing person and an amazing dispensary starter. She will design the floor plan, design the layout, train your staff, set everything up, get you started. She's a champ. Um, Something that I did not mention, uh, if you'd like to be successful in the cannabis space right now, uh, this is going to be the last ramble because I didn't write this down, and I just thought that this was super important as we were talking about Uh, myself, Mike, and my other uh, consultation, uh, what is it, consultant friend. um, Right now, something that I think is really important is owning or at least being in charge or uh, probably owning, I guess, all all aspects of your facility. You need the grow, you need the extraction, you need the processing and the dispensary. So that way there's no, it's all your chain. It's from seed to sale. It is all yours. Vertical integration is what I'm trying to say. The best way to do it is to control all aspects of the entire system, the grow, the processing. Uh, If you can do the processing, that is the best deal, but I understand that's a whole nother license, a whole nother thing. If you could do the grow, the processing, uh, the extraction and the sales, you are going to win. I do. But if you can own as many pieces of that chain as possible, that is how you set yourself up for maximum success. It would be ideal to own the grow, the processing, the edibles company, and the dispensary. Sometimes I do understand we've either got to process or have somebody else make edibles for us or buy the edibles. Uh, but the idea is to get 70% of your own products on your shelf and be sustainable. So you've got to get the grow. Operating at maximum speed to sustain you to get 70% of your products from that grow onto your shelf. So, you got to figure out how much you sell every two months, every three months, figure out how much that grow can produce every two or three months, get it up to speed, get a nice rhythm to where you got product in the right areas at all times. There's no shortages. Keep in mind that 710 and 420 come up and you're going to sell record amounts of weed in those weeks. Got to plan ahead. I think I'm rambling now, but own everything that you can, the entire chain vertical integration, that is the key. I do understand if you've got to have other people step in and help out with some parts, but the most profitable way is vertical integration, control all aspects of your product, where it comes from and where it goes from seed to sale. All right, so let's get back to wrapping this one up. It does again say thank you for all you do. Hopefully this can make it on the show. Bro, it more than made it on the show. This was the entire show. And I'm sure that we did help out some other growers because a lot of people will be moving to new states and there will be new states coming online that are legal. Uh, The team is getting stronger. The green team is growing. Welcome, everybody. I'm so excited to have so many legal states. Uh, We're going to have the whole nation here before too long. All right. I'm getting rambly. Uh, this message was signed and wrapped up by Colin, CEO and Cultivation Director of Sacred Tree Organic Farms. Colin, thank you for the great message, bro. I do appreciate the Patreon support. I do appreciate the great message. If you have any follow-ups, any more questions, I would love to hear from you. You do know how to contact me. Anybody else out there, if you have any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, you know I would love to hear from you. The email address, of course, is growfromyourheart at hotmail. Dot .com don't be shy send me a message also now is a good time to click like and subscribe on the video if you're watching on youtube go subscribe click like if you're not watching on youtube i do invite you to go watch on the youtube channel check out the 4k video it would also be cool if you check out the website irigenetics.com. Of course the link to the discord server is there vendor links are there and of course that newsletter tab is there type in your email email address stay up to date with everything i read genetics All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, pimps, hoes, friends, foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, pollen chuckers, everybody out there in the cannabis industry. I want to thank you again for listening to episode 678 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. My voice is burning out. This was a long episode. Thank you for hanging out. I look forward to joining you in just a couple of days. I want to give a giant shout out to my buddy DP710. And Until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me. (laughs) I'm <laughs>